I'd like anybody that's on a prophetic team in our churches. Y'all are on a prophetic team in our churches. Come on up, please. Come on up. We'd like to get a recording. You can be seated. still we'll let the word come we've gone through a rough time recently uh, we've, we've faced sickness we've faced death we face a lot of attack from the kingdom of darkness. But the Bible says in Isaiah, you shall mount up with wings as eagles, you shall walk and not be weary, you shall run and not faint. And an eagle is equipped and strengthened by eating carrion, by eating that which comes from death. God has, is calling us to allow him to equip us to take what we've been through and what we're going through and use it to soar. The Lord spoke to me about Mary when her brother Lazarus had died. And he went to resurrect him as his father had instructed him. And when he came into the town, the word records that Mary fell at his feet, which is a form of worship. And when Jesus resurrects her brother, he said, this is for the glory of my father. When you worship the, the Lord, the scripture that says from glory to glory, it comes from where death has been in your life and his glory has sat. When you worship the Lord, that's where it comes from, from glory to glory. The Father say, some of y'all have built, little, built little some walls inside of y'all. and He want to set y'all free tonight. He want to bust the wall down. And for you to be in the freedom that you need to be. He want to reach your heart. Thank you, sir. Those walls that people have set up are walls of protection for themselves. That you group your family and the people that you approve of and you feel approve of you. And you have this little small space that you feel comfortable in. But the Lord says tonight... You need to turn that loose because you haven't done so well with it yourself that you're miserable and it hasn't made you happy and you don't feel as safe as you thought you were going to feel. And it's time, you know, the word says that God is always seeking and searching and looking for those, you know, who will abide with him, who will worship him. And that's what he wants for you. He wants that freedom and he wants you set loose and those chains to fall down and it, you know we only get good out of being around people who rub us the raw edges off you know the, the things that we need to get rid of and and we learn from each other and and covenant is a good thing for us and the Lord says it's time to turn all that bitterness if that's what it is loose or 
whatever it is you've done to make yourself feel safe. And it's time to turn that loose. And freedom, you're, you're going to be so free you won't know how to handle it. That freedom is something that is, is so glorious. And, and that's the only way you really can fellowship with the Father if you're clear of all of those things, you, the judgments you've made about other people and how you've thought you do things just a little bit better in your relationship with God. And <clears throat> you're going to become free through this. The Lord says a deaf and dumb spirit has been loosed in your churches. If you've had problems with your ear, this deaf and dumb spirit is tormenting you. You couldn't worship in spirit and in truth if you tried, says the Lord, because you cannot hear. You cannot hear the delicate, intimate words when you sing. The Lord says today, if you've had problems with your ears, healing is here for you today. Healing is here for you today. Thus saith the Lord, I have cast my shadow in this place. I have cast my shadow. And because my shadow has fallen over this place and in this place, that means I am here. The Lord says it is time. It is time to take off the grave clothes. It is time. You wait and you wait for that healing. You wait and you wait for that prosperity. But the Lord says you have not thrown it off. You have not thrown it off that I may give it to you. The Lord said it is time. It is time. The Lord has been dealing with me the past week or two about in families and church families, there's going to be things that rub us the wrong way. And he didn't, he says there's going to be tribulation. He didn't say if you're not a church member or if you are. But he did tell us that we're to love each other and we're to forgive. And he didn't say that if it's your fault, if it's my fault, he says to forgive. And we're one in the body of Christ. We're one in our biological families. And we're to not let anything change that in our hearts. And the main thing I'm getting is just love. Know that I am building my remnant, says the Lord. Know that my remnant will worship me in spirit and in truth. And know that those that worship me bring value 
to their selves. That they are worth. No, worship me in spirit and in truth, says the Lord. For it enables you to be used by me, says the Lord. There's some here tonight that are on the fringe, and as we worship, you hung on the fringe, and it's because of bondage in your life, and it's because the enemy said you can't jump in the middle, and you wanted to jump in the middle tonight, but the enemy said, no, you can't, and the enemy's a liar, and the truth is in this house tonight, and deliverance is in this house tonight, and God wants you delivered. He wants you set free. He wants you in the very center tonight, and you can have it, and you cannot have it yourself, but you can have it in the power of God. I heard the Lord say that that when you come, you know, it's very important that you come as a receiver. But I heard the Holy Spirit say it's very important, just as important that you come as a conduit, that you come bringing something that, and, and the Lord says, be careful, let the prophet's words circumcise your hearts, circumcise your ears. Don't let the prophet's words just come out and you hear them and you hear them and they just fall to the side. God says that they're there to, to um, cut the heart and cut the flesh. And so don't, don't be mistaken. What you bring or don't bring affects everybody. And let Holy Spirit work with you on an individual basis and let him cut those things off from you that need to be cut away. The Lord says, I'm looking for spiritual maturity, a balance even in your homes. All word and spirit, you'll dry up. All spirit and word, you'll blow up. The word and the spirit, you'll grow up. You can't just read the word and say, I've done my part because that's who I am. It's not about who you are. It's about who he is. And he's looking for spiritual maturity. The word in your home, the spirit in your home, worship in your home, and praise in your home. You cannot lead where you have not been. Um, somebody said there's, there's compromise, and I, I just looked across the congregation, and I saw here and here and here and here, I saw a computer screen with a hand reaching out and grabbing someone by the throat. Oh, my Lord. There are some here that are walking at a distance from the Lord. And he's saying, come in, my beloved, to our secret place. God wants you to come into that intimate place with him again. And there are some that are standing on the outside looking in. And God says, get back in. It's time to get back in. Go all the way. You know, God wants all. He doesn't want just a little bit. You've either got to give it all. He's a jealous God. And he doesn't share you with anybody. He won't take part of you and let, let the enemy have the other half. You've got to belong all to him. You've got to give him every room in your heart and not hold anything back. The Lord says there's one that's come here tonight to judge. You've come here to judge and you've come here to examine and condemn. 
because you think that you are self-righteous. And the Lord says, my eyes on you. You're stiff neck. You better stick that neck back in. I I felt like the Lord told me that there were several people in here he wanted to promote. He wanted to promote. And your character can't be raised to the level to get the promotion because you still have a critical spirit and you're petty. And until the pettiness melts out of your heart, you'll never allow your character to raise you up to promotion level. Thank y'all. You may be seated. Thank y'all for bringing the word of the Lord. Now, several of you know what they were talking about when they was prophesied that you're dealing with a deaf and dumb spirit. You're having a hard time hearing what the Lord's saying to you. Or you're having a hard time hearing. There's an attack on your hearing, an attack on your spiritual hearing. And I want you to raise your hand if you're one of those folks that you're battling that. All right, so at the end, we're going we're gonna to allow the elders to be up here and pray for folks who are fighting a deaf and dumb spirit. Okay? We're not going to leave, leave you hanging. But this is, this is basically a teaching meeting. The Lord gave us the vision to go back to 101. Um, like a football team, it just got creamed 55 to nothing. They're they usually off on Monday, but he makes them work on Monday. <laughs> and he goes back to the, the basics of blocking and tackling. Because he who blocks and tackles the best, he who wins a football game. Amen. It's basic as that. And what we're going back to is blocking and tackling. Praise and worship 101. Why? Why why are you supposed to do this? You know, what are the seven root words that that dictate from God's kingdom that he is pleased with us walking out? What are they? Why? What are the benefits of being a radical praise and worship in your home as well as in the congregation of the saints? What are the benefits? When you praise and worship, how does God deal with the demonic oppression in a person's life or in a culture even when you have a radical church? Your neighbors start to feel freedom and they don't even know why. Amen. Tonight we have Dr. Dan Lane. Dr. Lane is a senior pastor of Believer's Church in Auburn, Alabama. As you know, he was set in by Dr. Han, who passed away two weeks ago and, and uh, went to see Jesus. Uh, he's had a wild two weeks, I know. Uh, our lead worshiper, Pastor John Staples, has been fighting pancreatitis uh, for weeks and weeks now. He has a great fruit size pseudocyst on his pancreas that they've got to tube and uh, he was supposed to teach and Dr. Lane took his place and uh, Dr. Richard Knapp who's a medical doctor and our education pastor uh, they're going to tag team us tonight and they're going to teach us the basics they're going to bring us back to childlikeness to when we were hungry for God when we first gotten saved and first got baptized with the Holy Ghost, God had set us so free, we didn't care what the Bible said. We was going to do it. You know, we were all IOF, ignorance on fire. Amen. 
we would attack hell with a water pistol. And God's trying to bring us back to that child likeness with the wisdom you've got now. And so we're resetting tonight. You see the sign, reset. Rebooting the computer. And we're going to seek to find our first love in praise and worship again. We're going to seek to come back when nobody had to remind us who we were. We knew who we were completely. Uh, how do y'all want to do this? Which one's first? You're going to be first. Well, let me... Dr. Knapp and I and, and, and Pastor Martha have been together since 1992. They taught me more about covenant relationship than almost anybody I've ever known, the balance of it, what's, what's, what is true, what's not. Uh, we've grown up together. I love them. I like them. They're as different from me as you can possibly be. But that is the, the glory of, of our relationship. That's the blessing of our relationship. I stretch them. Martha's a real English major, you know. She likes, she writes and stuff. I looked at her after we'd been friends for about a year. I said, I must horrify you. <laughs> I can use quadruple negatives if I try. I still made an A in English in college. Uh, but I don't care. But Martha got, got grace for me, just like that. She don't care. And so we're close friends. And uh, Dr. Knapp's a man of God. He's a praiser and a worshiper, extraordinary. His family are all praisers and worshipers. They do it at home every day. They love God. And he is qualified to stand up in this high holy desk and espouse the word of the Lord and the words of the Lord on praise and worship. Dr. Knapp, y'all give him a hand. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you've already done tonight. Thank you for letting us come into your presence. We thank you for the atmosphere of heaven that's already in this place. And I just want to say that I make heaven welcome here. We invite the hosts of heaven to come and be with us tonight in this place at this time to advance the kingdom of God. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help me, that you would lead me to the left and the right, and you would help the listeners to hear. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there were handouts. Did anybody get any handouts yet? They're on the table behind you. Well, I need some. Yep. They need one each, one of those and one of one these, per one per family, yes. As most of y'all know, there are seven primary Hebrew words that can all be translated praise. They're sometimes translated other things. So they obviously all have something in common, a lot in common. But they also all have differences from each other. Now, what I'm about to tell you is extremely important, and I don't have enough time to do it justice. It could be a whole sermon on itself. But the Psalms 
are our New Testament manual for praise and worship. We know that because James, the Apostle James, the Apostle of the New Testament church in Acts in chapter 15, prophesied from Amos, I believe, that God was restoring the tabernacle of David in the last days. The last days began then and it is continuing now. The tabernacle of David was known for many things, but one of them was 24-hour praise and worship before the Lord. So David knew a lot about praise and worship. He probably knew more than any of us here today. Um, he was amazing. And so we're going to study these words. One of the things that I hope you get out of this is the different words for praise define different moods of Holy Spirit. And if you understand what these different words mean, then um, you, when the Holy Spirit lays something on you, you'll understand that's what Holy Spirit's doing. This is what Holy Spirit, and you can cooperate with it. And, because he doesn't usually just come in and give you whole paragraphs. He just gives you one little sense of something. And you've got to have the framework to be able to flow with it. That's how things work in the kingdom most of the time. And we are called, obviously, as you know, to worship God in spirit and in truth. So we need the both of them together. Amen. I want to start by reading a psalm to you. Uh, psalm 100 out of the Passion Version. And uh, then we'll sort of get into the words. <clears throat> I just read this just the other day and it really ministered life to me. So you don't really need to look it up, just listen. Lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Hallelujah! That one wasn't in the notes. <clears throat> As you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into his presence. Sing your way into his presence. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God, for he is our creator, and now we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. Ooh, I like that. The people of his pleasure. He derives great pleasure when we have honest and true praise and worship to him. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving it will amaze you. So kind it will astound you. He is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises to every generation. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. We bless your name, Lord God. You're worthy, Lord. Glory and honor to your name, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. All right, Psalm 22, verse 22. I'm going to have people reading these psalms back behind me <clears throat> just to kind of make it better and easier. And they're supposed to be up on the screen. Yes, amen. 
Go ahead, y'all. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. And that word praise is the word halal. It's uh, the Strong's number. That is not up there. It's uh, 1984, if you're a Strong's person. And uh, it's a primitive root. It means to be clear, as in of color, to shine. Hence, it means to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate. It can mean to clamorously commend, to glory in, to sing praise, to be famous, to be renowned. It denotes rejoicing and praising God. It's the praise word that emphasizes pride in the object. I don't know about you, but I'm proud of our God. He is amazing. Hallelujah. As you may or may not know, the word hallelujah comes from halal yah, yah being short for Yahweh. It's more than just short for Yahweh, but it is that. And hallelujah calls for giving glory to God. Halal can also mean to act madly, to act like a madman, 1 Samuel 21, 13. And I tell you, if you follow God long enough and you are a passionate worshiper for him, there will be times when people think you're just kind of crazy. If you're really following the Holy Ghost, it's not always going to be nice and pretty and civilized all the way. Um, David said, I will be even more undignified than this. In the modern Hebrew, I like this. I just threw this in for extra, no charge here. It means uh, to party. Come over to my pad after the movie and let's halal. Amen. Hallelujah. I love it. All right, Psalm 44, 8. In God we make our boast all day long, and we will praise your name forever. Selah. And I believe they have, yeah, the word boast, you see it, it's halal. Okay. Go ahead, y'all read these next few straight on through unless I interrupt you. Second Chronicles 20, 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what the Levitical choir sang when they went before the army of Jehoshaphat and God routed the enemies. And the word halal is in there, and it's an important part. Okay, go ahead. Psalm 18.3. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Psalm 149.3-4. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. And Psalm 150, uh, let's read that together. Amen. Who's leading us? Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Praise Praise God God in in his sanctuary. sanctuary. Praise Praise him in his his mighty heavens. heavens. Praise Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. 
Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Sorry, I get excited about Jesus, y'all. Now, at the very beginning of that psalm where it says praise the Lord and at the end where it says praise the Lord, that is hallelujah because that's what that means. Uh, okay, Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying... For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Amen. If you look, they weren't just singing praises. There were uh, trumpets. There were cymbals and uh, other instruments of music, and I believe they were making a loud noise to the Lord. <laughs> That's what halal is often is. Ezra 3. Ezra 3, 10 through 13. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord, according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. Yet many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard afar off. Amen. So I think y'all should be getting by now that halal is, is a loud thing. It is a triumphant glorying in God. Any of you that have been spirit-filled and, and been in worship services for a long time, understand what that is. That's halal. So it's um, time for us to practice. I would like all of you who would like to halal to stand with me, please. How many of you has God been good to? Amen. Woo! Hallelujah, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord God. Give you glory and honor, God. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Lord. We praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you glory and honor, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Amen. I think y'all got that one. Be seated, please. 2 Chronicles 20, 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. 
All right, that word, uh, praise the Lord. Y'all probably, oop, it's not up there. Hmm. <clears throat> the last line, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That word praise is the word yada. Strong's 3034, 3034, yada. Now there is another word that to our eyes ought to have the same pronunciation. It's a Y-A-D-A without an H on the end. It's actually yada. And it has a totally different meaning that some of you may well know. It used to confuse me. That's why I'm sharing it with you. That word, yada, without the H, means to know. It means to know intimately, to, to know the God, God experientially, etc. This is a different word. No relationship between the two. Um, I started to preach once about how yada meant, meant both, and, and uh, I found out I was wrong. Okay? It means literally to use the hands, especially in reverence and worship, okay? It can also mean to like bemoan, to weep, to grieve with or confess sin with wringing of hands. So it means both. It can be confession of sin. It can be lifting hands in worship to God. Hallelujah. It implies an action or emotion or the use of our whole body, our total being, in worship and praise to God. All right? It's not just lifting hands. It's our whole, our whole person, and you'll see that in the verses. Um, the word Judah comes from this word, yada. All right, Psalm 111.1. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright, and in the congregation. I will yada the Lord with my whole heart. Psalm 42.5. Why okay, are so you... that was yada with the heart, with our whole heart. Okay, go ahead. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So my soul will yada him. Psalm 35. Psalm 35, 18. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. All right. So yada is used in the context of praising God before a large crowd and even on a larger scale. We sort of the worship team that we, yada is part of what we did tonight, because y'all are a large crowd. Amen. Next. Psalm 108.3, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. Amen. Now, it's also used, as I said, for confession of sin. Psalm 32, verse 5, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, yada is uh, often paired with halal. Um, <clears throat> there's more than one reason there's multiple words for praise, and that is because the Psalms is full of sentences and, and paragraphs all about praising God. And like we do in English, they like to use different words and not to just keep repeating the same word over and over again. But the two go together. <clears throat> First uh, Chronicles 16.4. He appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to make petition, to give thanks, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. 
and we're going to read some more examples. Uh, and I want to ask you, if you would, um, let's stand up again. We're going to yada. We're just going to listen. Uh, but I want to invite you to raise your hands and worship the Lord to these scriptures. Y'all just go ahead through the whole thing. Psalm 717. I will praise the Lord according to His righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. I will give praise. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. Praise be to the Lord, for He has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to Him in song. The Lord is the strength of His people, a fortress of salvation for His anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. I will praise you forever for what you have done. In your name I will hope, for your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints. Hallelujah. Mm, Let's give him a clap offering. We bless your name, Lord God. You're worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. Dan Lane is preaching. Um, it's on now. Do you want to introduce? <coughs> no, I'm doing one later. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> good evening. I'm. Uh, I know most of you, but uh, for those that don't know, I'm one of the associate pastors here, and. Praise and worship leader, and uh, I was going to speak tonight, and the Lord decided to put me on the on the bench for a little while. Uh, had a little medical issue, and um, and I was still I was just I've been praying, and I was excited I was going to I was going to press on through, and and uh, Pastor Ballard said you don't need to be up there. He said you know you need you need rest, and um, and I I agreed I need I needed to rest and. Uh, and he said, I felt like the Lord told me, uh, Dan Lane's supposed to, Pastor Dan Lane is supposed to, to teach in your place. And let me tell you something, it was like fire. It was like, uh, I, I, I heard this loud yes in my spirit. And um, what was interesting is I, I bumped into Pastor Lane at, uh, at Nuke's little restaurant in, in Opelika. And, uh, and he expressed to me a different reaction that he had when <laughs> Pastor Ballard asked him, and that was one of surprise. Oh, yeah. That he was surprised that Pastor Ballard would invite him to come and teach on praise and worship. And that he had mentioned to someone, he didn't tell me who, thankfully, because I'd go find him and set him straight, but he, he expressed to someone that he was going to be teaching this weekend on praise and worship, and they expressed uh, not just surprise, but a little bit of uh, laughter. They snickered at him. Now, what you don't know about this great man of God is that he's tone deaf and he struggles with that's, rhythm. That's, I do. <laughs> and, and, I'm not, I, and I'm not being mean when I say that. I'm being accurate when yeah, I say that. I mean, okay? I mean. And I, what I wanted to, and it, and it really, it, it stirred something up in me 
that there is this problem in the body of Christ that we confuse talent with anointing. We confuse musical talent and ability with praise and worship, and they aren't the same thing. There are lots of people, and I thought back through my life of people who have taught me to sing and play the piano, and some of them in the church and some of them out of the church. And let me tell you something. Most of them have forsaken their calling. Most of them have walked away. They got so convinced of their own talent, they went on to something bigger and brighter. And it distracted them and pulled them away from their walk with God. But from 30 years, I've watched this man. Every time there was an opportunity to give God praise, to give God worship, he didn't miss an opportunity. On his good days and on his bad days, he was still dancing even if he didn't feel like it because it was an obedience thing. He understands that it's not this little magic wand, these little steps that you have to check off to make sure that God's not going to be unhappy with you. But there's a key here that when you walk in obedience to what God tells you to do in praise and worship, it changes things in your life. And I want you to know... If you're one of those people that was snickering at the idea of Pastor Lane teaching on praise and worship because you don't think he's a good enough singer, I want you to understand this is one of the greatest leaders of praise and worship that I know anywhere. And let me tell you, don't be one of, don't be one of those shallow people who gets real enamored by somebody because they sing real pretty and you hear this thing on the radio and you get Holy Ghost goosebumps and you don't know anything about how they're living. Uh, And when they walk off the stage and they've got an opportunity to sit on the back row when somebody else is lead worship, they're just kind of sitting there. That's not a praise and worship leader. That's not someone who understands praise and worship. So I'm going to step down off my soapbox. But y'all give Pastor Dan Lane a big Fort Revival welcome. Father God, I thank you for a time such as this, for a day of the Lord, a, a day of interruption, a day of suddenlies that we've been seeing that will continue into the future. God, we've been living and we were born for such a time as this. We rejoice in being here, God, and you find us, I hope, well-pleasing, Lord, in our worship to you. But Lord, I pray tonight, any tears that are in the hearts of any that are here, Lord, I speak reapers loose that those walls are broken down in this place on this night. That which is of traditions of men is removed. It's being confronted. It's being rebuked in the name of Jesus. I come against a religious spirit. And all these without the spirit can become religion and just going through the motions. And I thank you, Lord, for truth, the spirit of truth, loose now. Eyes to see, ears to hear, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I've been hearing this verse over and over and over the last week. I was not planning on reading this tonight. It came up in the prayer in there with the worship team where I just happened, providentially, an appointment on that, where I just happened to be in there. I've heard it several other times too. There's blessings, right, that come with this. When we come into unity, and that's what God is wanting us to do for such a time as this, 
There are blessings as you go on down and look at the last part of this, this verse. Mm -hmm. But Pastor Ballard and I can come in unity that we're going to do something like go out and, and rob a store this evening when we leave and get some prosperity out of that, right? <laughs> no. no, we're not going to do that, obviously. But the point is, it's not just any unity that we get into. Right. We were made as vessels to worship God. From the very beginning of the foundation of the earth, when he created us, we were made to be worshiping beings. Now, here's the issue. Either we worship God or we worship something else. It's just going to happen. And a lot of times it's going to be war eagle. Yes, hallelujah. Everybody knows God's country, right? Y'all right here in that area. Amen. All right, roll tide for those that we're still believing for them to come into the kingdom. Amen. <laughs> And then we have those that are Green Bay fans. And yeah! <laughs> you know, there's always one in the crowd. Y'all know that? <laughs> Amen. But it, isn't it funny? And this is what happened to me. The first time that I got up to, to and, and I had read the word, I had seen in there about dance. I had seen in there about raising my hands. Now, back before I got saved, I was dancing in the clubs. Yes. And everybody was foolish, clamorously foolish. Big time foolish there. But then in church, the first time, it was just so hard to, to start moving and start doing it. I it felt so uncomfortable to raise my hands up. Yes. Now, how many of us in here have a hard time, and we just don't have a, a voice, really a good voice, a singing voice? Raise your hands. How many of us have a hard time dancing? How many can't have a hard time? Now, I'm talking about as a general rule, before you really got the Holy Ghost on you. Amen? What about playing an instrument? Uh, say, I'm that guy. I'm with y'all. And there is a definite place for us in the kingdom of God. Amen. You see, God inhabits what? The praises. He is not a God who's way off there, out there on Mount Olympus. He is a God who surrounded himself with worshipers, both humans and the, the angelic hosts. Yes. That's who, who and what we are. That's what he's made us for such a time as this. Yes. Amen? Now going over to uh, another scripture here. In John chapter 4, Pastor Knapp made a reference to this just a minute ago. Still in the New Testament, isn't it? Okay. Anybody need a hand up? Raise your hands, please. Pastor Ballard does. This is in John 4, 23 through 24. Okay, we're up here on it. This is uh, probably not up there. That's not going to be on those sheets. Okay, this is going to be something else. We'll get on those in just a minute. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, again, the problem is this. We are going to worship. We are going to do that. If we do not know the right way to do it, we'll come up with a way to do it. It's going to be different from what this is. And we've got to come in agreement with what God has said that he wants and desires and expects us to do. Then that's where the blessings come in. So for us to go rob a store, that's not going to do it. For us to come in agreement to worship God the way that he says to do that, now that's something totally different altogether. 
and he's going to manifest his presence. That's what we're talking about. Everybody knows about the presence of God being all over the place, right? But there's a difference between the manifest presence of God that comes in that's tangible, that's real, where he comes in and touches the man's heart, and there's a profound change that takes place in us, and that will happen when we get into praise and worship if we enter in and we do it the right way. Amen? And there's the seven key words that we're dealing with here are critical. This is, what he, this is his way to do it. Is it comfortable to our flesh? Probably not. Now, I don't, know, I don't remember God asking me my opinion on that. Did he ask any of us? Anybody else? He just got his way to do it. Amen? So in spirit, that allows the Holy Ghost to move about upon my redeemed heart. It changes me. Love, adoration. His very character begins to come in here. His aroma of the Spirit is on me. In truth, I'm sanctified through the truth, through His Word. If there's no truth, and, or if there's truth rather, no Spirit, then it's, I'm going to walk in legalism, and I'm just going to go through the motions. If there's no, uh, Spirit but no truth, it's going to be emotional, maybe even becoming fanaticism. Okay, that's going to be what's going to happen in my life. Again, I don't play an instrument, but I do make a joyful noise. And that's what God wants us to do. Now, I'm sharing what I know here tonight. Psalm 22, verse 3, if you would put that up there. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of your people. He does inhabit them. Now, as, and again, I'm just sharing what I know. As a five-fold pastor, minister with the gifts, when I get into worship, I don't know if y'all noticed it tonight, he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. I'm going to say it again. He inhabits. When we come into worship, in a worship service, I expect, if I'm doing what he's told me to do, that I'm going to have a confrontation and encounter with the living God. As a teacher, there's a flow in the river of God that I know that I have tapped into over and over. I've taught many, many different things over the years. God's gave me an opportunity to do that. And being able to touch what's in that river and pulling it out has allowed me to see things, and he speaks to me, and then I, I take those things and begin to study them. That's where the teachings always come from. It's always out of that crystal river. He won't let me teach anything except what I know. As a newborn Christian, that was a place I went for change to take place. I have the radio on when I'm going down the road. I have the, the radio on when I'm, or not the radio, but worship music when I'm studying, when I'm worshiping God. It should be our whole being that should be praising him. You ever wake up in the morning in that, that point where you're just in slumber and between sleep and slumber and waking up? Do y'all ever hear any, any music during that time? I do, yes. The more that we worship, the more that our mind, our soul begins to worship God. See, it's body, soul, and spirit that's going to come into play on that when we get to that point. Amen? So that's all part of it. Starts at home. If we're going to do this here, it needs to start in our house. We need a family altar time, and we need to just step into it and worship God there. And then it's just second nature when we come in together in where we are now. Whatever we worship, whatever we serve, we're going to bow our knee to it. This season, it's required for us to do these three things. To worship, to intercede, and to consecrate. Now, consecration means this. I'm going to make it short because I've got so much to cover here as a teacher. Y'all, please bear with me. I'm going to chop it down here and get in the time limit. It means to, make, to be ceremonially clean. If I've been worshiping God as a Baptist, that I, that's where I came from, we would get in there and we'd just sing the, the hymns and, and sit down. There was no worship as far as dancing or anything else when I was growing up. We'd put our, just hands in the pockets and do it and sit down. That's what I was trained. 
That was not the way that God has ordained for us to worship him. So that's a stronghold that I had to be worked through and, and cleansed of that. I had to go through a consecration process where I cry out, okay, God, every area of my life is yours, and this is what we've got to do if we're having trouble worshiping. We've got to consecrate to God. It's not optional anymore, not in this season. And that's going to be true in intercession. Everything else is going to line up with that too, but consecration is the word for this hour. All right, we're going to go into a third word here in, in the seven main words in the Hebrew for worship. That's the word barak. Everybody say barak. All right, I want to go ahead and read the scriptures. Judges 5, verse 2. Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel when the people willingly offered themselves. Yeah, go ahead. Psalm 72, 15. And he shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. Genesis 1, 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. This may not seem to be that big of a word dealing with worship, because basically it means bowing to. It means it could be laying prone on the floor. It could be uh, kneeling down before the Lord. Any of those would be applicable here with a definition. But this actually goes to the bottom foundation of every other area of worship, and that is lordship. What this means, that word blessed over in, in uh, Genesis 1.28, it means for one who is a servant to go to their master, for them to bow the knee to that master and worship him and bless him and tell him, okay, this is all yours. You're not just my savior, but you are my Lord. You are Lord of Lords and you're King of Kings. You are sovereign. I worship you. This is it. He in turn will turn right around and he will bless me. Here we go back to, to Psalm 133. Here's where the blessings are commanded here individually and with us as a people. He will command the blessings on me. Those blessings will be his grace. He will tell me what he wants to do or me to do. And not only will he do that, but he will give me everything that I need to accomplish what he's calling me to do in life. The blessings will come. The prosperity, body, soul, and spirit are all integrally, interrelated right here in this, uh, this word in the Hebrew. So we're talking about a heart issue. Is my heart one that's bowing down to serve God? Now this is important. Listen carefully. I worship uh, team people too. I walked into uh, the many times into our sanctuary and we had uh, worship leaders that would be in there, our people that were part of the worship team. They'd be out playing the, the uh, keyboard or the piano, and nobody would be in there. Now, they could be playing a song that we all worship to on a regular basis, but it may, it may be a real upbeat song. But there would be such a spirit of heaviness that was coming off that music because they were heavy in their heart. They were bearing a burden that they didn't need to be bearing that they should have given over to, to allow Jesus to, to, to bear that with them and, go, and get that off of them. Then there was other times that same person I'd walk in and the joy of the Lord would just manifest and it would just hit me as I walked in the door and I said, praise God. So it's very critical for us to have a heart motivation that's right, a clean heart when we get up there to lead anybody in worship. So at that level, sure, we've got to be right when we get up there. Otherwise, we're going to impart something 
ourselves that we don't need to be imparting. We bless his name. We bless him in gratitude and salutation to him and honor and friendliness. He in turn is going to uh, bless us. Again, it's expressed by kneeling down, bowing at the waist, being prostrate on the floor. Humble ourselves to a place lower, lower than the recipient of my worship. This is an expression of reverence. An ex outward expression of an inward reality is what this is. All right, so everyone let's stand up, and we're going we're gonna to go through this. This is not like the other two that were more boisterous. A bow. Kneeling down. And we see this as a, a lot of times, and we've all probably experienced this. We're not going to go necessarily on the floor and be prone, but that's, that's another part of that. I've been in, in situations where the Holy Ghost has fallen where everybody was on the floor. We didn't have a choice. It's been awesome. Amen? Now, this is a one-on-one -on -one hands-on Christian worship type deal tonight. So let's all stand up and let's go back and review. Halal. What was that one? Yes, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That also means dance. It means to be clamorously foolish. Okay, hallelujah. Yes. Wait a minute. Come on. Yes, hallelujah. Okay. All those are a part of it. Amen. Amen. Yada. Where's, uh, okay, this is a picture here. Where's uh, Joshua and Anna Grace? Run up here real quick. Real quick. Joshua and Anna Grace, come up here. Look at the picture here, guys. Where are they? Come on. Run up here. Run, 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 run. Come here. Run, 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 run. Okay, put your arms up. Whoop. Put your arms up here for me to pick you up. Hands up. All right, you see that? Yeah. Okay, that is a picture of Yadah. Yeah. Raising our hands up to the Father for a little kid to pick us up like I just did with this. And see, they ran obediently. They ran with anticipation of wanting to be with me up here. Amen? All right, run back to your seat. Go back to your seat quick. All right. Two most beautiful grandchildren in the world. Amen. Hey, I got the mic right now. The rest of y'all can do it if y'all get it. Amen. Amen. And the third one, Barack bowing. Okay, y'all may be seated. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. All right, we're moving into the fourth word here. That's the word Zamar. If y'all would, go ahead and start. Judges 5.3. Hear, O ye kings. Give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. 2 Samuel 22.50 Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. Psalm 21.13 Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength, so will we sing and praise thy power. Psalm 27.6 And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me, Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Okay, let's stop right there. All right, just to save a little bit of time because we don't want to run over on this, we're going to go ahead and define what this is and talk a little bit about Zamar. Zamar is the most common word for praise in the assembly. That is to make music. It deals playing musical instruments. 
Literally, it means to pluck the strings, to celebrate in song and music. It means to sing. It means to sing praises. Singing put to music itself. Also, to play music alone. I know that I'm moved greatly just by listening to the, I don't know if, you, if it's prophecy on a violin. I don't know what the gifting is that Pastor Knapp has. But there's something on that that I've seen manifest. It's awesome. Needless to say, with Pastor Nita, you know, on that, oh, that keyboard when she gets on that too. So there's a definite move of God's Spirit that comes from this particular one. On a personal level, we need to be listening on the radio, CDs. Uh, again, going back and forth to, to work. Um, his manifest presence. So this is awesome, guys. I'll be sitting there working on something, not even paying attention to the music itself, and the Holy Ghost will fall in the room, just like that. An interruption. In the car, it, and, you know, people look at us. I don't know. We may be doing this kind of stuff. Drunk in the spirit. That's okay. It doesn't matter. Let's go ahead and let's move into this. Y'all want to show some demonstration on this? Black-eyed peas is food to our body, right? Mama beans, cornbread, turnip greens for Pastor Ballard. The Word is, is uh, food for our souls. But food for our spirit is what we just experienced right there, worship. Did y'all feel that? Was there, did y'all feel the discern the Holy Ghost moving? Zamar. Now, there's another aspect to this that comes into play here. We have an instrument that God has built into us that we can use ourselves, even though we can't get up here and play the violin like that or the keyboard. It's this right here, our hands. So let's all stand up. Someone was lifting up a, a clap offering a little while ago and one of the other ones. These cross over a lot, by the way. You'll see here. But let's lift up a, a clap offering to the Lord right now. Lamar. All right. Halal. Halal. Here we go. Yes, hallelujah. Halal. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Yada. Yada. Reaching up to daddy. Oh, we love you so much, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then we have Zamar. Hallelujah.
All right, let's go ahead and let's be seated. Next we have Tadah. Go ahead if you would read the scriptures. Psalm 42, verse 4. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept the holy day. Psalm 50, 23. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Psalm 56, 12. Thy vows are open, or thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. Psalm 101. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Jeremiah 17, 26. And they shall come from the cities of Judah, and from the places about Jerusalem, and from the land of Benjamin, and from the plain, and from the mountains, and from the south, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices, and meat offerings and incense, and bringing sacrifices of praise unto the house of the Lord. Jeremiah 33, 11. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever, and of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Definition of Tadah, thanksgiving, praise, rendered by acknowledging and by abandoning sin. So there's a degree of repentance here, isn't there? An extension of the hand, an avowal, adoration, a choir of worshipers, confession, sacrifice of praise, thanks, thanksgiving, an offering. It means to come in agreement with someone else by lifting out the hand. This is very similar to Yadah in the raising up of the hands to the Father, except this would be more of a hand going up like this, in agreement. This would not just be an agreement for the blessings and the thanksgiving of the things he's already done. This would be an agreement for when the enemy is coming in like a flood and standing on the promises of him being my high tower, my shield, and my buckler, and I'm reaching up, and I'm praising him, and I'm thanking him in advance for the deliverance that I know surely is going to come. Amen? And that should be a, a clap offering on that, because he's given us that. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So here we go. Everybody stand up quickly. Hello. Hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. Yada. Hallelujah. Zamar. Okay. Toda. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Y'all may, may be seated. Moving on into the next one is Shabbat. He would read the scriptures. Psalm 117.1, O praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people. Psalm 145, verse 4, One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. 
Psalm 147, 12. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord, O Zion. Praise thy God, O Zion. The definition here means to get loud. So this is very similar to halal in that uh, a lot of these are crossovers. But this means to put everything you have into it. A picture here would be the walls of Jericho falling down when the children of Israel hollered with all their might. And those walls fell down on that day that they walked in and took that city that God gave them to, to, to take. It means to laud. It means to praise God in a loud voice, to boast in Him, to pacify by words. It's more than just being loud. It's putting everything we have into it. All right, let's stand up again. <laughs> in this case, we're talking about hollering out with everything we have. So let's all holler out together, hallelujah. 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 Hello. 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 Yada. Barak. Zamar. Toda. Shabak. Hallelujah. 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 All right, everybody be seated. Now keep one thing in mind when we get in services. We don't want to Shabak when it's a real slow song. And we're the only one doing that. Everything needs to be done in order and decently. Amen. So you've got to be led by the worship leader. Uh, amen. All right, I'm going to turn it, tag team this over, back over to Pastor Nat. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I think we're still on. All right, Psalm 22, verse 3. But you are holy, enthroned in or inhabiting the praises of Israel. So the, the last of the seven words that we're covering tonight is tehillah, is how it's supposed to be said. I don't promise to be able to say it that way all the way through. The rest of my life, up until I looked up the pronunciation last night, I always said tehila. But anyway, it's supposed to be tehila. <clears throat> it comes from the word halal, which means laudation, but it especially means uh, a hymn. A it can mean praise, be used as a song of praise, a hymn, a psalm of praise, spontaneous singing. It's a technical musical term for a song which exalts God. And it's used in the plural form to mean the book of Psalms because the Psalms was the hymn book in the Old Testament <clears throat> that David wrote. Now, there's a very interesting thing. This came from Kent Henry, who's a great worship leader. Y'all may not have heard of him. I learned this a long time ago. But I was in, it just did something to me. He said, uh, Tehillah is the kind of praise God dwells in. 
Any form of singing can be praised, but one of the highest forms was the Dorian mode that was neither Western major nor Oriental minor. It was a sort of chanting whereby the words of halal were melodiously chanted. This is the expression of praise the psalmist said God is inhabiting. And we don't do the exact Dorian mode, but the closest you can get to it in our time that I know of, I've been exposed to at least, is singing in the spirit. And we're going to do some of that uh, at the end. But let's do uh, some of the verses now. Psalm 33, 1 through 3. <clears throat> Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. Yes, Hallelujah. Pretty much covers it. Sing, play, and shout. <laughs> play skillfully. Psalm 34, 1 through 2. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Psalm 48, 10. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Psalm 66, 1 through 2. Shout with Joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Mm. Psalm 147, 1. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The New King James, uh, instead of how pleasant and fitting to praise him, it says, and praise is beautiful. The message version says, uh, the whole verse, hallelujah. It is a good thing to sing praise to our God. Praise is beautiful. Praise is fitting. We're supposed to have garments, and they're garments that fit us and who that God made for us. And my garment of praise may not fit you, and yours may not fit me. That's right. But if you've got the one that God has for you, then you will please and glorify his name. Yes. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 10:21. <clears throat> He is your praise, and He is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Isaiah 60, 18. No longer will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders, but you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. And the next verse is one we've heard before, but it's from the story of Jehoshaphat when they were outnumbered by three armies that came together, and he sent the Levi singers out before the army. Second Corinthians 20, Second Chronicles 20, verse 22. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. stand up with me. I want everybody here who has sung in the spirit, meaning singing in tongues is, is, is probably a more crude but exact translation. If you have ever done that before, raise your hand. All right, that's a whole bunch of you. Amen. Well, there are different ways that a, the same chord, this is our traditional western key of E. 
that's fine for the kind of singing we do. But the kind that ushers in singing in the spirit is this kind. So I want to ask you to join with me and sing in the spirit. We bless your name. Musicians, that's a y'all already know this, but it's an E5, and uh, this is a straight E, which has the notes one, three, and five, and the E5 just has one and five, leaves out the three. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord God, I just want to lift up these people who have heard this word. Lord, I ask that you would make us hearers of the word and doers of the word, that we would not hear only, but we would also do. We ask you, Lord, in our personal lives to show us when we're supposed to take time aside to worship you in the way your word says to worship you. And we ask that you would convict us when we come together corporately, where we've held back and we've said, that's too extreme, that's for somebody else. I don't believe in that. I ask, Lord, that you would change us. Make us a people who follow the mood of the Spirit, who dance when you say dance, who shout when you say shout, who kneel when you say kneel, Lord God, who clap when you say clap, and sing, Lord God. Amen. Y'all may be seated. I have one small thing to say. This is an observation. This is not supportable from Scripture. But I believe it's true. I think when Heavenly Father looks down on a people who are worshiping and praising, I think it actually takes more faith and more determination for the person who can't express themselves through their voice and have it sound good and, and help them feel spiritual. For the person who can't sing or whatever or doesn't have rhythm, and they sing, they dance. I believe Father God looks down and he, leaves, and he says to Jesus, look at that one. I just get such a kick out of him. He can't sing a lick, and he does it anyway. That's what brings joy to my heart. Amen. Hallelujah. That last thing put great joy on me. God's, God's here. We are in God's perfect will. We're going back to basics, blocking and tackling. We're learning the word, and we're going to get our bodies in line with the word and our mouths in line with the word. You know what the greatest deal you're going to have to fight when you walk out that door? is propaganda from hell. That's not your personality. The idolatry 
idolatry of personal personality over the Word of God is what you're going to have to fight tonight from a prophet's heart. You're going to go up there and you're going to want to do it. And, you, and the devil's going to go, you idiot. That's so foolish. You look so stupid. I got an answer. I'm not the one going to hell. I'm like a little kid. I, I think like a child. I'm especially childlike right now. And uh, we cannot let the idolatry of our personality and what we think rule us any longer. The Word must become the Lord because Jesus is the Word.